When it comes to work, communication is key, even if you don't have a writing job. Sounding unconfident, indecisive, or passive-aggressive can hold you back professionally and hurt your team's productivity. Grammarly Premium's advanced tone suggestions make sure you're always sending the right message. Sound clear and confident in your writing and automatically replace negative-leaning language with solution-focused alternatives. With Grammarly's help, you can build stronger relationships at work, be constructive in the face of challenges, and help your team get things done. Grammarly works where you do, so your team's projects get done before the deadline. And with features like comprehensive spelling, grammar, and clarity-focused sentence rewrites, Grammarly helps keep your writing efficient and mistake-free. The right tone can move any project forward. Get it just right with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to sign up for free. Then get 20% off when you upgrade to premium. That's 20% off at Grammarly.com slash podcast. When it comes to clothes, it's great to have options. But having pieces that you can wear anywhere is a must for everybody. That's why American Giant makes clothing that fits into your life seamlessly, with quality you have to feel to believe. And with an impressive selection of staples to choose from, there's something for everyone. So whether you're on the hunt for the perfect t-shirt, a solid pair of jeans, or super soft sweatshirts, American Giant has what you're looking for. Each American Giant piece is designed to last and created with commitment to doing things better. And all their products are made right here in America. Because keeping things local ensures the kind of quality you'll feel and appreciate for years to come. Discover the American Giant difference today. Shop Wear Anywhere Closet Staples at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your order when you use code WA23 at checkout. That's 20% off at American-Giant.com, promo code WA23. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. I'm Deborah Hatswell, and you're tuned in to BBR, Cryptid, and Paranormal Investigations. Thank you for joining me, and I really appreciate you tuning in. I hope you are well and enjoying your day. Strange animal mutilations in Todmorden, UFOs, police abductions, and a mystery substance not yet known to mankind. Todmorden is a small town. It's set in the hills of West Yorkshire, just on the border with Lancashire. It's a beautiful place to visit, a place of small villages and farms, with many natural water sources, woodlands and rolling hills. It's also known as the UFO capital of the north. Within this small village, there are a number of the strangest reports. A police officer who was abducted whilst on duty, and a gentleman found on top of a coal heap with no signs of injury. On his clothes was a substance not yet known to man. And this week, I received a set of photographs from the Gaddings Dam area of Todmorden, and they were sent to me by a gentleman named Albert Tyas. He's local to the area, and he was out walking when he came across a very strange animal kill. Now, the gentleman contacted my, me by email, and he sent the images across. And thankfully, because of his quick thinking, there are a number of images taken from all angles. The images show a very young calf, with no ears or lips, laying on the ground as if dropped from above. The genitals are gone, and so is the anus area. The calf was found laying in a field of sheep, now, I'm unsure if this is an unusual practice for farmers or if the calf was taken and returned and left in the wrong place, perhaps. This kill has all the classic signs of animal mutilation. Notice the very precise clean cuts. There are no signs of attack or a chase of any kind. The ground is far too clean for this to be a dog or a cat kill. It doesn't fit with the classic signs of any normal beast here in the UK. And as I said, to me, it looks as if the calf has been dropped from above and deposited in the wrong field, maybe. But that's just my opinion and only speculation. If you listen to this on the podcast or YouTube, there is a link provided in the description below so that you can see the full set of images. Now, over the years of studying possible canine and cat kills, I find the wounds to be very different. A dog will tear at the soft tissue. There's usually signs of paw and claw marks on the ground, and sometimes on the kill. 
Dogs are messy and they'll pull and drag at the carcass. A cat will leave signs of teeth marks on their neck and it'll drag the carcass off and store it somewhere away from other predators, usually up in a tree or in thick grass. They also usually eat the soft belly parts or the back end first. On this scale, I see only laser-like cuts. The ears, lips and sexual organs have all been removed. There are no signs of vehicle or tractor tracks. In fact, the scene is pristine. After sharing the images of the calf mutilation at Todmudu, I was contacted by a gentleman who stated, I saw a sheep that looked exactly the same as that calf at Healydale Nature Reserve. There was no blood or anything on the ground or any obvious signs of a struggle. The sheep also had a perfectly cut sphere cut into its side. There was no blood around the wound. The cut was the size of a tennis ball. It looked like when you use one of those melon ballers, very strange, as if the flesh had been scooped in some way. So today I contacted Mr. Colin Lyle of the Todmorden UFO group and I passed on the contact details for Mr. Tyas and all of the images that he'd sent over. Colin lives close to the area and he can investigate to see if the calf is still in the field. If so, it would be worth getting samples and swabs from the wounds, the ground around the calf and of course the calf itself. David Caton is also investigating the case as he has a vast knowledge of cattle mutilations and UFO events all across the UK. The name Todmorden translates in Old Germanic as death murder. So it should not be a surprise so many strange happenings take place here. I mentioned the strange case of Alan Godfrey, who was the on-duty police officer, when he had some very strange experiences happen to him. There's also the case of Zygmunt Adamska, one that's fascinated me for years. He was found on top of a heap of coal after vanishing for five days. Both cases happened in the 1980s. And there have been other reports of strange phenomena from the area that have surfaced over the ensuing decades. The 56-year-old miner Zygmunt Adamski went missing from his home in the nearby town of Tingley. Mr Adamski, who was employed at the local mine, left his house where he lived on June the 6th, 1980, to walk to the local shops. Sadly, he was never seen alive again. Five short days later, Mr Adamski's body was found on top of a ten-foot-high pile of coal by a yard worker named Trevor Park in Todmorden, 20 miles away from where he last went missing. There were many mysterious circumstances around the discovery of Mr Adamski's body. One of the strange things was that Mr Adamski was wearing a suit and that suit was buttoned up wrong. Also, his shirt was wrong, his wallet and watch were missing. Mr Adamski had been missing for five days when he was found, yet he only had one day's growth of beard on his chin. His hair had been messily cut short and his head, neck and shoulders were covered in burn marks. On examination, it was realised Mr Adamski's burns were coated in a strange ointment or substance that scientists could not identify at the time or since. There were no injuries to indicate how he had died other than the burn marks, but they were not severe enough to have caused his death. When he was found, his eyes were open and his face showed an expression of pure terror, suggesting that he'd been scared to death in some way. Now, no one could explain where Mr Adamski had been for the five days he was missing, or how his body had found its way to the top of a large pile of coal. What was strange was the ointment that was covering the burns. Why he only had one day of beard growth nobody could explain. Or how did he die? James Turnbull, the coroner assigned to the case, stated that this was the biggest mystery of his career. There's never been a reasonable explanation for what happened to Mr Damsker and the case remains open to this day. Now, when Trevor Park came upon the body of Mr Adamsker, the local police were called, of course. The policeman who attended the incident at the coal yard when Mr Adamsky's body was found 
was named Alan Godfrey. Mr Godfrey went on to have a very strange set of events happen not too long after attending this scene. Five or six months later, depending on which report you listen to, Mr Godfrey had his own otherworldly experience less than a mile from the coal yard. He'd been on duty at the time and trying to locate some loose cattle when he saw what he described as a flying saucer on Burnley Road. He quickly sketched the object that he saw hovering above the ground and then headed back to the local police station to report it. Later noticing that he'd lost 15, 30 minutes of time. Under hypnosis, Mr Godfrey spoke about being abducted by a UFO. He was given a physical examination by two beings. His story made the news all around the world, prompting UFO researchers to rush to West Yorkshire in search of evidence. There is a monthly meeting that's held in the local pub um, where people share their experiences with others. And it's one I attend sometimes, at the Golden Lion there, if you ever fancy going. Since then... There have been many reports of strange lights in the sky over Todmorden and the surrounding moors. Other famous UFO sightings in Yorkshire include objects spotted in the sky over Rothwell, a triangular craft glowing green over Holmfirth, and one of the most famous cases in the past couple of years was when an object could be seen over the Ribblehead viaduct for several hours. I became interested in Todmorden after a strange set of coincidences led me to look at any strange reports between Jodrell Bank down in Crewe and Winter Hill in Lancashire. As I plotted reports on the map, I did realise that Todmorden cropped up over and over again. So for many months now, I've been looking into any reports in that area and the triangular area between all three that could possibly help to explain some of the very strange reports people were sending in to me. It started with my husband's personal experience that happened in the 1990s and it's kind of come full circle with today's cattle mutilation images. Let me explain the correlation of the events that keep leading me back to Todmorden. Many years ago, my husband and a number of people in my hometown of Little Hulton in the late 80s and early 90s had unexplainable experiences with lights in the sky missing time, and a possible abduction event. Now, most people know me for the work I do with cryptic creatures here in the UK. But I discovered many years ago that the phenomenon which surrounds the creature accounts is the... When it comes to work, communication is key, even if you don't have a writing job. Sounding unconfident, indecisive, or passive-aggressive can hold you back professionally and hurt your team's productivity. Grammarly Premium's advanced tone suggestions make sure you're always sending the right message. Sound clear and confident in your writing and automatically replace negative-leaning language with solution-focused alternatives. With Grammarly's help, you can build stronger relationships at work, be constructive in the face of challenges, and help your team get things done. Grammarly works where you do, so your team's projects get done before the deadline. And with features like comprehensive spelling, grammar, and clarity-focused sentence rewrites, Grammarly helps keep your writing efficient and mistake-free. The right tone can move any project forward. Get it just right with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to sign up for free. Then get 20% off when you upgrade to premium. That's 20% off at Grammarly.com slash podcast. Most of us have clothes that we've loved for years, maybe even decades. But it's harder than ever to find clothes that will stand the test of time. If you're looking for more pieces designed to last, you can't go wrong with American Giant. From hoodies and t-shirts to denim and more, they've got everything you need to build a wardrobe that you'll be proud of for years to come. All American Giant clothing is created with a commitment to doing things better. From the materials they use down to the last stitch in every piece. And everything is made right here in America, in partnership with people and communities. Because keeping things local ensures the kind of quality you'll appreciate as soon as you receive your order. Discover the American Giant difference today. Shop wardrobe essentials that last a lifetime at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code LT23 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code LT23. 
This restaurant is the hottest ticket in town, an incredible 12-course meal made from fresh, locally sourced ingredients. And now for your ninth and final course. Uh, did they forget the last three? When you don't get what you pay for, you can feel a little forgotten. A recent lab study found most top CBD brands contain as little as 60% of what their labels claim. Upgrade your CBD to 100% with Nextevo Naturals. Go to nextevo.com upgrade20. Exact replica of what witnesses to the extraterrestrials experience. Many of these witnesses experience strange synchronicity with owls, missing time, lights, strange visitors by the bed, memories of snippets of images, quick flashes of past events and even repeated visitations. My hometown is a typical overspill new town. Set up in the late 50s, it was on the very edge of town and it consists of fields and farms and greenbelt with little clusters of housing estates along the way. In 92-93, my husband was out on the fields about 2am with three of his friends. They all were in their late teens, early 20s at the time and they lived here in Little Hulton. There's not much to do in Little Hulton when work finishes for the day, and it was even worse 30 years ago. There was no late-night shops or takeaways back then. But because of the East Lancashire Road, and it's only a half a mile or a mile away, um, late at night, that was the only shop you could really go to back then. Most people would head that way and use the motorway garage services at night, and if they ran out of something, they couldn't wait till morning. Or we'd go there to meet up and find out where the night's rave would be. It was a similar thing in Salford. You can go to the garage as the crow flies and cut some of the walk off if you cross the old ancient site at Mosley Common where the henge was. And that's what they did. Back in the time, this area had an ancient grass henge. And it's one in a line of barrows that cross the north of England, going northwest to Winter Hill and northeast in the direction of Todmorden. And yeah, you've guessed it, they also head for Jodrell Bank. Each one of the people that night had a different point that the memory stopped. Yet they all remember coming to it once together. For example, my husband remembers passing the yew tree pub and the next conscious memory he has is of them all coming to at the same time. Around one, one and a half hours later, one of the lads, who we'll call Lee, remembers getting halfway across the field, but he can't remember nothing till they all woke up. The other two remember setting off on the walk, but have no clear memory of it at all. They all agreed they did see a bright light on the walk and they were asking each other what it could be. The next conscious memory they all have was when they came to. They were all lying flat down on the grass. They were facing up and they were positioned head to head in a cross formation on the highest point of the barrow. They all came to and looked up at once without speaking. And there was the same huge bright light above them. Each one was dazed and confused. Sadly, one of the lads has passed away and his friends think this incident had something to do with that. All four of them have had hard lives after this event and they all still struggle with it to this day. When they came to, nobody moved or spoke for a number of minutes. The light was above them. It was blinding and bright. It then zipped quickly at high speed left, then right, then left again and shot off in the direction of Winter Hill at an indescribable speed. Then the usual, what the, was that and how did we get here questions started. But each that one of them was confused and dazed and found it difficult to answer. They each were holding items of food and drink. Did they make it to the garage before the event but have no memory of it? Or were those items given to them? by unknown hands, and placed on the hill. I would imagine these are just some of the questions that have plagued them over the years. Mark, my husband, has a triangular scar on his forearm from that night, which has never gone away. They all walked home as if they were drunk, 
they refused to speak about the event, and it stayed that way for a number of decades. Each man having to come to terms with it on his own and fight the demons that it brought solo. They all felt the light must have come from the direction of Jodrell Bank. At that time, not many people felt that they could come forward with an event like this and be believed. One of the guys who was with my husband watches the skies at night. And to this day, he still does that. And he gave me an image that was captured above our estate. Now, there are ordinary working class lads from working class towns in the northwest of England. Stuff like this is not supposed to happen other than in films. My husband hid all of this until around about 2005 when we'd been together then a number of years. I was running around chasing witnesses to ape-like preachers back then and I'd speak to the witnesses and visit the area of the event. I'd map the report and look for any validation reports in the same area or close by. I asked my husband to take me to the barrow down near the Henge, close to my home, as many of the cryptid sightings happened around the ancient barrows and standing stones and hedges, and I wanted to test the energy at these points. At this point, he'd not shared with me what had happened back in the 90s. They didn't know of the connection the barrow had to his experience. This was the first time I've ever seen him scared. And I asked him why he was so hesitant to take me, and he explained everything to me in a rush and then promptly asked me not to talk about it again. He only gave me a brief explanation and then just refused to discuss it whenever I'd bring it up or if I was investigating a case with a UFO connection, he would just pretend it wasn't happening. A few years later, after watching me come to terms with my own fears connected to the creature that I saw, and I began to see him changed as he watched me speaking to witnesses he started to woken up about that night and he started to tell me a little bit more each time I then took all of the other lads accounts including Lee's as I say he's an avid sky watcher and he shared with me the many incredible images he's caught in the skies above our town so I used the skill I learned in cryptozoology to look for and find other people here who'd experienced something strange. That was the only way I could think of kind of putting their minds at rest. Sometimes being able to validate a witness's experience can be very freeing for them. So I set about asking friends and neighbours if they remembered anything from that period. Now, when I moved here in 96, I remember one of the neighbours telling me about an incident down on the fields where everyone came out to see a huge light that was hovering over the field back in, as I say, in the 80s. I didn't take too much notice at the time, to be honest. While I was asking around the town at home for anyone else who may have seen or experienced anything, my long-time neighbour mentioned the incident on the field again. He tells me, one night in autumn, all of the houses were lit up by lights in the middle of the night. All the people close by went down to the fields and they watched these lights. At first, it was one light that split into three and then set off at speed towards Winter Hill. He said the next day, nobody mentioned the event to each other and he said it was as if everyone had completely forgotten. I delved into newspaper articles, but I couldn't find anything in print anywhere. To clarify a few details or to ask if any neighbours from the night still lived here, I messaged him again, and he told me about the three lights. He stated when he first saw the light, he was on Gibson Lane. And then he said the strangest thing. He said, Why are you asking, Deb? Have you forgot? Because you were there with me. I was completely taken aback by this comment. I know I wasn't there, as I lived in a different town until 1996. This took place 20 years before. I kept telling him it wasn't me standing with him, but he was adamant that I was there on the field watching. To be honest, it got a little bit heated. He was insistent I was with him, 
and that I was with him walking down Gibson Lane. So I asked him where we'd been before the walk and he couldn't tell me. He had no memory of anything before the event. But he is adamant that I was with him that night on Gibson Lane when he saw those lights. So I'm going to keep asking around and see if any of the people in the field that night remember the incident and are willing to come forward. I've looked into UFO cases close to cryptid reports. I think some areas are a huge attractant to phenomena and unexplained events. And it's something I'd like to do some more research into. I did forget to add. The night I interviewed the witness, who was convinced I was standing with him, a strange set of coincidences came into play. As I was chatting with him, I turned off my notifications on the phone and laptop, as I do when I'm speaking to any witness, so I don't get distracted. The phone wouldn't stop ringing. I could feel it vibrating away. My neighbours were seeing lights in the sky above the house. So much so, some of them rang the police and they were told that it was a space station. It was also featured in the local newspaper, Salford Media, and I've also added a link to that in the description below. Now here are some of the cases I've come across from that triangle that I spoke about between, it's below General Bank to be honest, around about the crew area, up to Todmorden on one side and Winter Hill on the other. Now, some people have suggested to me today that I start looking at the Bempton area as well and bring that into play, and that's something that I can do quite easily. I'll have a chat with Paul um, Sinclair and see if we have any correlating reports. One of the areas quite close to Todmorden, but would still be classed as Lancashire, but there's only a stone's throw in it, is a place called Blackstone Edge. And there's some strange reports up there of dog-headed men. And this report came in to me from a gentleman who lives in Australia and he said, Hi Deb, I just had to tell you about a conversation I had last night when I was talking to my younger sister as I sent her some transcripts of your encounters and stories. I sent them a couple of weeks ago now and they seem to have prodded her memory. My sister has always been a bit of a world traveller and when she was in England about 40 years ago, she was talking to our grandmother, which would be our mother's mother. And our gran told her about her friend who met the wolf-headed men. Well, you could have knocked me down with a feather and she explained what gran said. At last, someone in my family who wouldn't think that I was a raving lunar. They all smile when I try to talk about our subjects, but I know what they're thinking. Honestly, I think there are thousands of us out there who get the same reaction from family, friends and work colleagues and that's if you're brave enough to bring up the subjects in the first place. Unfortunately, this meeting could have been 100 years ago. This restaurant is the hottest ticket in town. An incredible 12-course meal made from fresh, locally sourced ingredients. And now for your ninth and final course. Uh, did they forget the last three? When you don't get what you pay for, it can make you feel a little forgotten. A recent lab study found that most of the top CBD brands contain as little as 60% of what their labels claim. But with Nextevo Naturals, you get 100% of what you pay for. I brought the drinks, ladies. Grabbed us a case of everyone's favorite hard seltzer. Let's celebrate. Hey, wait a minute. It looks like they came half empty. Maybe they forgot to fill them up all the way? You'd never put up with getting 60% of what you pay for. Why should your CBD be any different? Upgrade your CBD to 100% with Nextevo. Go to nextevo.com upgrade20 to shop fast-absorbing gummies, capsules, creams, and more. That's nextevo.com upgrade20. Imagine your wedding day on white marble floors beneath crystal chandeliers and exquisite ceiling drapery. Nestled on Long Bay Point Marina in Virginia Beach, the Gala 417 is a modern and luxurious waterfront wedding venue with all-inclusive packages, award-winning catering packages, and a dedicated team of gala girls to assist you every step of the way. The Gala is the perfect place to say, I do. Your dream wedding is just a click away. Learn more at thegala417.com. Searching for the perfect gift idea for that hard-to-buy person on your list? The Allbirds Wool Runner is a natural fit. The Wool Runner is super cozy, super comfy, and super giftable. 
It's made with ZQ certified merino wool, a naturally cozy material that offers next level comfort and a lower environmental impact. The cushioned midsole and versatile design offer all day comfort in a classic style you can wear every day, even in a winter wonderland. And its fully machine washable construction makes it easy to keep your shoes looking like new. Allbirds shows off the Wool Runner's carbon footprint right on the shoe so you can see the difference for yourself. On top of that, they actually offset that carbon footprint to zero, making the Wool Runner completely carbon neutral, so you can stay cozy and tread lighter on the planet. This holiday season, give tidings for comfort and coziness with the Allbirds Wool Runner. Discover your perfect pair at Allbirds.com. That's A L L B I R D S.com. One more, Deb as I don't have a specific time frame. My gran was in the late 80s when she shared the account, so it could have been somewhere before World War One. My sister doesn't have any more details after so much time had passed. We came from Rochdale originally before we moved to Australia, so that's possibly the area where the encounter took place. But I wonder... As my mother said, she spent a lot of time up on Blackstone Edge where the wolf-headed man was seen. And I wonder, was she looking for her own encounter? I guess I'll never know. A UFO is seen at the White House car park, Blackstone Edge, Littleborough Lanks, on the 4th of June 2010. And the witness's name was Andrew Hope. I was sat in my car watching the sunset and admiring the view when I thought to myself... Look to the right, which would be Todmorden. So that's what I did. I looked, and this small black dot just appeared way up in the sky. Imagine seeing a fly about ten feet away. Well, that's what it looked like. This object then proceeded to suddenly move from left to right over a large distance at great speed. It then moved up and down in a zigzag pattern. This lasted for a couple of minutes, and then it moved off and out of sight slowly. I sat in my car amazed. I had a great feeling of unrealness, almost a dreamlike state. My logical brain said it was a bird, combined with an optical illusion caused by atmospheric conditions. After a few minutes passed, I looked right again, and it just reappeared again out of nowhere. I watched its amazing manoeuvres, and I sat thinking... Is that really a bird? When it stopped dead still and just hung there. I thought, birds can't do that, can they? So I said out loud to myself, okay, do something I know a bird can't do. And it vanished instantly. Wow, I'm thinking now a little freaked out. I looked at my dashboard's digital clock as I was watching at the time and it said, 11 minutes past one, which was completely wrong. It was right the last time I'd looked at it. It was still light, so I looked at my mobile, and it was actually 8pm. I've been interested in astronomy for years, and I've seen everything one normally sees in the sky. It was not a plane, a helicopter, a bird, a satellite, a Chinese lantern, or any of the normal explanations given. It was daylight, and it was a definite physical object of an unknown type, displaying amazing moves. I'm still a little shocked, as I'm not sure why I drove up there in the first place. I just felt that I should. Maybe I was meant to be there. I felt an overwhelming sense of calm and excitement at the same time, and an even greater sense of connection. It was like some sort of communication which I truly can't explain. This is a true account of my experience that I just needed to share. Regards, Andy. The Hasleton Shucks, 2006-2007. Twice over a period of two years, one witness watched two phantom dogs run along this lane when she was out walking her own dogs. A black hound was seen being chased by another dog. Both dogs were slightly out of focus and were moving approximately 30 centimetres above the ground. In the same area, the Haslingen Hairy Man in the 1970s. And this 
incident took place in Haslund in Lancashire and the witness was only 17 at the time but she still remembers it like it was yesterday. This is the thing I don't tell people. It's something I keep to myself. I may sound mad but when I was 17 I lived in Haslington. My mum and dad were out and I was on the phone which was usual when my parents went out. Back then it was the old rotary phone and you felt like you needed written permission to run up the bill. I think most people in my generation would remember doing this. I was sitting on the phone cabinet and idly looking round the room, chatting away, and I looked towards the kitchen dining room, and there was a person looking in at me through the door. He, well, it felt like a he, looked like Chewbacca from the film, I suppose. His head reached up only an inch or two from the top of the door frame. And he sort of poked his head and upper body round the doorway like he was checking who was on the phone. I didn't feel threatened, except, of course, it wasn't supposed to be there. Honestly, it seems more like he was curious to see who it was he could hear. We looked at each other for about five seconds, and that's a bloody long time. I don't remember anything unusual about his eyes. They weren't glowing or red or anything like that. He was a sort of mousy blonde haired thing. Then Heather left her, I freaked out and looked away. My friend on the phone was panicking because I'd gone silent mid-sentence. I was too scared to tell her what I'd seen, but I made her stay on the phone till my parents come home. Dad went into the kitchen when he got in, but there was nothing there. I didn't tell any of my family and I never saw him again. I've no idea what any of this is. How would something that big get into my house? Maybe this didn't help you at all. By the way, it was about quarter to eight, Top of the Pops was on, and it was sometime in October. I hadn't been drinking or experimented with drugs or anything like that. I hope this helps in some way. Nine UFOs are seen over Haslingdon in 2009. A man reported seeing nine bright orange lights flying silently in a diamond formation over Haslingdon. The man was walking his dogs at around midnight on Sunday, January the 4th, 2009, when he at first noticed a bright, solid orange light flickering through the trees. He thought it was an aircraft, but it was too low. He then observed eight more lights flying in a diamond formation over the Scout Moor wind farm towards Rochdale. He said there was no noise and no flashing aircraft lights or anything like that. He st I stood with the dog motionless, thinking, what the hell? What am I looking at? He said a couple in the nearby house also looked out of their window and watched the mysterious orbs. The man who's not named in this report wrote to the MOD, but they were unable to confirm any other reported sightings in the area. A reply from the RAF at High Wycombe said, the MOD does not have any expertise or role in respect of UFO or flying saucers matters. Darryl, Gary Hesseltine, a retired detective constable in the British Transport Police said, there were many sightings across the Pennines over the years. There have been lots of sightings over Lancashire, especially close to the West Yorkshire border. Now, a woman breaks her ankle running away from a bear man, not too far from Winter Hill. This happened at Rivington Pike in the early, very early 1990s. Now, myself and my friend Sally have always been close. This is not me, this is a gentleman making the report. I've known her for around 25 years now. Last September, we crossed paths after a few years and we started going out as you do sometime. We'd just been for a meal in Manchester and it was one Saturday afternoon, we were on our way home. I was driving and she said her ankle was hurting her badly. I asked if she was okay and she told me she'd broken it the year before and it was quite a bad break and she was laid up and on crutches for a few months after the accident. She did it dancing after a few drinks one night. But then she went on to say it had been weak anyway from an accident she'd had years ago and then went on to tell me how it happened in the first place. During the mid-90s, her and a few friends had been at clubbing and they decided to go to Rivington 
They went to the Chinese garden around the back where there were two car parks. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And after walking up the track to the top where the gardens are, they met up with some others and had a bit of a party. You know, a few drinks and someone made a little fire. Anyway, they were around six to eight of them in all, a couple of cars full of people, and she really needed to go for a wee. So she walked off to a decent spot away from everybody. She had said, oh, she had said wee, then she noticed around 20 or 30 yards away something looking at her from the bushes. It took her a few moments for her eyes to adjust, but from what she told me, she said, what she saw was huge. She said its head was big, but the body on this thing was massive. I asked her what it looked like, and she said she saw it for about 10 to 15 seconds in all. And what she could make out, it looked like a cross between a man and a bear. She described it as having the sort of body of a huge hairy man, but the head was that of a bear, and it was covered in hair, she said. At this point, once she'd gained her senses and tidied up her clothing, she turned to run. And as she turned, she twisted her ankle and let off a scream of pain and fell to the floor. At this, one of my friends, Brian, heard her and ran over and picked her up. And she was crying and in lots of pain, so they carried her back down and they took her to hospital. And she'd sprained her ankle badly and tore some ligaments. And ever since then, her ankle had been weak. So all these years later, it snapped when she broke it dancing. She said she'd never told anyone what she saw in case they took the micker. She only said she'd been for a wee and twisted her ankle. She told me this because she knew I was open-minded to all sorts. And because I'd told her over the years about a few strange things that had happened to me. I didn't know how to tackle what to say next and I knew she was telling the truth. You just know when you've known someone for so long, if you know what I mean. I explained about sightings of wild men across Britain and large hairy dog-like creatures. And she'd never heard of a dog man or anything like that, but she'd heard of Bigfoot. But she didn't know what it was, apart from an ape or something. But she's not the type of girl she'd be interested in. She'd be more interested in Big Brother. Mystery UFO sightings between Rivington Pike and Winter Hill. At 8pm on a November night in 2003, a man saw an object in the sky above Rivington. The object was between the Pike and the Chinese Gardens area. The gentleman was driving across Belmont and immediately contacted Phil Catterall, chair of the Horwich Base UFO Society, describing the object as two flying circles of light one inside the other, rotating in opposite directions. Four weeks before, a woman in Adlington reported seeing a similar light over Winter Hill as she opened her bedroom curtains at 6.30am. Mr Cattle said, I've had sightings reported to me before from that area, but never like this. This is definitely different, and I intend to look into it. Now, the society has been going for about eight years and has numerous sightings reported, especially in the Rivington area and Winter Hill. But most cases remain a mistress of Mr Catterall. The Winter Hill UFO and Men in Black, 1999. After spotting a UFO hovering over his field, a farmer reported the sighting to the Manchester Aerial Phenomena Investigation Team. The team reported they were followed on the investigation by an unidentified man, while the farmer was warned to stop talking about the incident by the Ministry of Agriculture, who paid him a visit, although the government agency denied they'd spoken to the farmer. A grotesque, grotesque face at the window, 1958. A family moved out of their home on the outskirts of Macclesfield after seeing a white figure with a grotesque face at the window in one of the rooms. The two witnesses knocked the door from its hinges while trying to escape the strange entity. The staring man, a strange figure at the side of the road.
On the 1st of October 2001 and the 1st of October 2002, a gentleman had a strange encounter with a, ra- a roadside figure in Cheshire. He saw the figure on two separate occasions, exactly one year apart. Described as an entity, the witness said he saw it as he was driving down the road. He was startled when he saw the strange figure looking at him from the roadside. The figure stared into the car as he drove past. It did exactly the same thing on both occasions. The figure did not appear in the rearview mirror and the gentleman struggled to describe the figure in great detail. Now, a UFO was seen over the Cattenfield Road, which is close to Jodrell Bank. A Cheshire resident who regularly visits Buxton witnessed an aerial phenomena around midnight whilst driving on the A537, or as it's more commonly known, the Cat and the Fiddle Road. It's named after the pub. It's about halfway between Buxton and Macclesfield. Like many who see such things, she wishes to remain anonymous. However, she wants to share the encounter in case anyone has experienced anything similar. I kept seeing something in the corner of my eye and I just thought it might be a bat, but it kept zipping. It had no lights, just movement, and it went so, so fast. I followed the road and then I started seeing green lights and again this zipping movement. I saw three red flashing lights in a triangle and then it zipped off. I took the long way around and I kept my eye on the sky on that point and then I saw a very faint light ahead. I kept looking and it was just hovering and at one point I stopped and I tried to take a video but it was dark and cloudy. When I got closer it was like someone had turned the switch off and it just disappeared. Once I realised I was alone in the hills I got scared. Well, I clearly wasn't alone. I googled it when I got home and there was a similar story in the Derbyshire Times in January of that year. On the twisting Cattenfiddle Road, the summits of Derbyshire give a view right across the Cheshire Plains and that's home to Jodrell Banks and its radio telescopes. A quick internet search will tell you that this part of the world is no stranger to UFO reports. In fact, the town of Chapel and Lefirth, about 13 miles away, as one of the first ever earliest recorded UFO sightings, and that was registered in 1716. Now, there are, of course, far too many reports in these areas for me to bring them all to you today. And no doubt, there are many more yet to be revealed. How many others out there have had similar experiences or events that they cannot explain, even after years of searching for answers? As more information comes in on these cases, I will keep you updated. And I've included a link to the map in the description below if you want to have a look at that and see some of the reports for yourselves. Until next time.
Leftovers. Or Ch -ch 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 the DMV. Number 97. Or house cleaning. Or Ch -ch 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 Chumba. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.